0: Hills family, we miss you. We're so glad that you joined us today. We hope that you know, even in this season where we can't be together together, our heart is for connection. So we hope that you will jump in with us on all the things that are happening in the life of this church. You can click the connect box on the screen. You can shoot us an email, jump on our website. Don't miss out on the weekly things that are happening. Well, a little just housekeeping at the top here. We are in a sermon series out of Colossians 3, and John is gonna tackle some verses today that have some adult content, some adult themes in them. So just wanna give you that are watching with your families, maybe with kids, um, a heads up. So you might wanna move them to another room after this worship time, or pause it and watch it later. Right now, though, we are gonna sing together. In Psalm 100, it says on your feet now applaud God bring a gift of laughter sing yourselves into his presence I love that last line sing yourselves into his presence if we can sing and enter into his presence man that is what we're going to do today so would you join us lifting your voices
1: Here we go. When I search the world.
2: I've carried a burden Too long on my own I wasn't created To bear it alone I hear your invitation To let it all go I see Bye.
1: your face come and make your throne chains fall. Oh, chains fall and fear is bound here and now. Cause Jesus, you change everything.
0: this worship time before John comes up to teach. Just a reminder, this is the moment that you could pause and come back to the sermon if you want to reorient your kids and get them in in a place outside of the room that you're in. But first, let's pray. Jesus, you open us to new life, new hope, new possibilities. You conquer the way we close up close down and close in. Jesus, lover of us all, open our hearts to feel your compassion for people we would rather walk by. Open our ears to hear the cries of the suffering deep inside where we cannot fail to be moved. Open our understanding to new ways of living that do not diminish anyone. Open our eyes to see a vision of this world as you would have it. May these prayerful words on our lips become the meditations of our hearts as we live in ways that are acceptable to you, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer.
3: Hey, good morning, Ocean Hills. It's John Ireland. Before I jump into the message this morning, I just gotta own, I've got a, an attitude right now. I'm angry, I'm frustrated. Here we are again in our country, grieving the loss of an African-American male who was murdered on the streets of Minneapolis because of some Minneapolis cops that, uh, they abused him. They, they. They murdered him, and it's wrong, and it bothers me, and I have to get it up my chest, and I hope that it bothers you. As the people of God, we are called to be agents of reconciliation. We're to stand up against injustice when we see it. We have to fight for bringing heaven to earth. That's why we're here, God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And when you see something like that that's not right, we lament we grieve and we speak up so thanks for letting me get that off my chest this would be a great time to have your kids now be dismissed from your kitchen your living room send them onto their ipads or into the other room to be with miss cozy and Carrie. you're saying they've already been with miss cozy and carry they can be with miss cozy and carry a second time because we're gonna talk about getting used to different and we're gonna cover some material today that's gonna get a little awkward, be maybe a little uncomfortable, but I want you to stay with me. It's gonna be a hard, challenging message, but God's gonna speak to us this morning from his word, the book of Colossians chapter three, the curriculum for Christlikeness according to Dallas Willard. So that's where we are for the next several weeks. This is week three. Colossians chapter three. I wanna begin by asking you several questions and it's the topic of S-E-X, sex. How do you, how do you make a decision about what's okay and not okay? What's right and what's wrong? How do you decide if it's okay to sleep around? Okay to sleep with a stranger? Okay to sleep with another person's husband or wife? Is it okay to pay for sex? Is it okay to, and you fill in the blank, how do you decide on human sexuality issues? What's okay what's not okay, what's smart, what's wise, what's God-honoring, what's not. And that's what we're going to go after this morning. God wants your best. I want you to hear that right now. When it comes to sex, He wants yours and He wants my best. And so we have to decide whether or not we're going to trust Him. As we read the Word, it's a hard word, but I want you to follow along with me Before I jump in, I'm going to give you some background. In the first century in the ancient Near East, in Jesus' time, sex before marriage and sex outside of marriage, these were normal and they were accepted practices. The sexual appetite was a thing to be indulged in, not controlled. And in the first century, in those cities that Paul wrote to, The sexual revolution, man, it was out of control, absolutely out of control. In fact, one of the oldest church documents, it's from the first century. They call it like a church manual that guided the church. It's called the Didache. We had to study it in church history and seminary. But in the Didache chapter two, verse two, it says this. You must not commit acts of murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not sodomize a boy, and you must not commit fornication. Now you read that and you're like, oh my gosh, that kind of makes sense. God's word comes to a culture. This is what I want you to hear. God's word speaks into a culture that has lost its way. A culture where people were doing whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. If it feels good, do it. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And I get to decide what's right and wrong for me. And this is the culture. And God's Word comes to this culture. And this whole series, Get Used to Different, if you this morning identify as a follower of Jesus, I want you to hear this. There's a shift that happens for us. That the voice of God, the Word of God, carries more weight in our choices and decision-making and lifestyle than the world that we live in. The culture is influential. The culture is coming at us every day in so many ways with its values. And the word of God is pushing back and, and it's like swimming upstream. It's hard, it's challenging, it's not easy. Being a follower of Jesus and following Jesus, this is where the rubber meets the road in this whole area of sexuality in 2020 right here. And so God, throughout the the Bible, throughout the Bible, you know, Genesis 2, 25 speaks of the man and woman. They were naked and not ashamed. They were naked and not ashamed. That's the dream. To be absolutely open, naked. And that means physically, that means spiritually, that means emotionally. That's God's plan, that a man and a woman would be married, they'd be naked, and they wouldn't have any shame. They'd be absolutely emotionally and physically free and connected with each other. But then you get to the New Testament and you read about in Galatians 5, Ephesians 5, Romans 13, Mark chapter 7, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 6, Hebrews 13, I mean, passages, texts, verses that are speaking about sexual immorality, a world gone wrong, a culture that's lost its way. And that sets us up for Colossians chapter 3. Let me read it for us. Paul says, and we've already walked through verses 1 through 4, but in verse 5, Paul writes, so put to death. What? Put to death. That's strong language. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with... Just, I gotta pause. Have nothing to do with. Think about that phrase. That is strong language. That's like whatever he's about to say, Treat it like a rattlesnake, not a cupcake right now. Have nothing to, get your guard up. So what does he say? Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. There, 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 there's a sense that God, it, our immorality, our sexual waywardness, assaulting and, and, and doing impure things that aren't part of God's dream for us, it gets under God's skin. That's what we're reading here. There's, a, there's an anger. And so he says, put it to death. Put it to death, put to death. This is such strong language. I'm gonna read from my notes. It suggests that we are to completely exterminate this old way of life. The Greek verb there, it, it requires an action. It's not just thinking about it and I'll just pray about it. No, it's an action that's to be taken. There's this sense of urgency, put it to death now don't kind of it's lurking within you no get it out of you deal with it now that's the strong sense and then he says have nothing to do with sexual immorality do you know the greek word for sexual immorality it's the word pornea what does that make you think of pornea it's this broad term for any sexual activity outside of marriage, And this includes, listen to this, it includes sex between unmarried partners, adultery, pornography, child sexual abuse and molestation, sexual assault. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And you can kind of see where God would kind of go, that abuse, molestation, uh, adultery, Poor not. I mean, this is like, yeah, that's not right. And then the next words he uses, impurity, lust, evil desires. These are all related to sexual sin, about being a slave to our passions, driven to do the wrong thing, using, taking advantage of others, indulging in what will make me happy, what will make me feel good right here, right now. And And we get blinded and we become slaves, especially in the culture we live in. It's just like the first century. And then he uses the word greed. Don't be greedy. We think of money, but what about in the context of sex and human sexuality? Greed is the desire for more, more, more. It's this selfishness that cannot be satisfied. And I know some of you know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. We can indulge and then we wake up and we're like, we got a hangover and we're going, man, that overpromised and underdelivered. And when we have unwanted sexual behavior that's outside of God's dream and plan and will for our lives, it's always gonna lead to disappointment. And so here's the question. Why is this in the Bible? Some of you are going, I can't believe we're talking about this. Why does God care about your sex life? Why does God care about my sex life? Is God against pleasure? Is God just a Puritan? Are we just talking, this is so archaic, dude. This is 2,000 years old. Really? You're going to try and sell me this bill of goods? I try and remind us at Ocean Hills every week that God is good. That he's better than we think. I want to, and I try to remind us that he really wants our best, that God is for us. Scripture says that he's for us. That he's out to help us and not hurt us. That he's for our freedom, not our bondage and slavery. And I want you to think about Scripture in that context, under the context of God is good. God is trustworthy. God is for me. God wants my best. God wants to provide for me. God also wants to protect me from things and danger and harm and disease and heartache that maybe I can't even see. So when it comes to waiting, yeah, I'm gonna go there. Waiting to have sex till you're married. I did it. My wife and I did it. You can do it. But why, that feels so archaic today talk to psychologists sex clouds your judgment it becomes the focus of the relationship so often you can't build that rock solid friendship i've been married almost 37 years let me tell you friendship's really important in marriage bible says don't commit adultery why why, why, why not why can't i because adultery Breaks trust and destroys families. Many of you, me included, have been, uh, have experienced that. Adultery destroyed my family when I was a kid. What about sexual immorality and the idea of pornography? This, I know it gets awkward. You know what? All the statistics say most kids today under the age of 12 are getting their first taste of pornography before the age of 12. You know what that tells me, too? If we're going to be honest this morning, I only know one person. I'm 60 years old. I only know one person, one man my age, who would admit, he says, I've never, ever, ever been exposed to pornography or Playboy magazine or anything like that. You know, We are in this culture. But why would God say no to that? Homeward Ministries, they report that Pornography jades the way men view women, that we begin to objectify women. Uh, It limits a man's sexual potential. It decreases a man's virility and libido. And then the neurological research, it reveals the effect on the brain that it's just as addictive as heroin. God wants more for you. He's trying to protect me and you. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you got to get used to different, man. We've got to shift from trusting our feelings, our impulses. We get aroused. Something gets our attention. We don't have to indulge. We, we, we can't control our feelings, but we can control what we put our minds to, what we set our minds to, and we do also control our choices. I'm going to tell you a story It's an old story, I love this story, an old nomad traveling through the desert, so thirsty, out of water, comes to this well, it almost kind of looks broken down and there's this jug of water. And there's a full jug of water and there's a note and it says the well's dried up. But there is so much water to be taken or gotten out of this well, if you'll take the jug of water, pour it into the well to prime the pump, You'll get as much and have as much water as you want. And when you're done, fill up that jug of water, place it back on the well and leave the note here for the next thirsty and weary traveler. Decision time. Am I going to take that jug of water and just, I can't, it's right in front of me, man. I got to have this water. I'm so thirsty. Or am I going to trust the word pour it out? That feels counterintuitive. Strange. Wait, that feels a little crazy. But if I let go, pour it out, trust the word, I'm gonna have more. I'm gonna be refreshed. I'm gonna be healthier. Men and women this morning, I wanna ask you, whose voice is the loudest in your life? Whose voice has the authority in your life when it comes to sex? Whose voice are you listening to? Which is the voice that's influencing you? god is trustworthy god is trustworthy god is for you and you need to know that and so as i wrap this up i want you to know that there's help and there's hope if you've experienced spiritual brokenness if you have unwanted sexual behavior in, in your life there is and are resources we have men we have counselors in our church that will help you in this area of your life. You have the Holy Spirit that God's placed within you if you're a follower of Jesus. You have to really want it though. You can't just, ah, I'm dabbling. No, treat it like a rattlesnake. I want to change. I want to grow. I want different. And, uh, And then here's the other thing that I know has helped me. If you want healing and you want hope, you have two choices. You can reach out or you can act out. You can reach out to a buddy, a friend, bring them in, let them into your struggle, or you end up acting out and have an affair or just get addicted to porn. And that's not God's best and that's not God's dream for your life. And so conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit, uh, reach out and don't act out and, uh, and get real. So let me stop there. We're gonna put a question on the screen and we want you, whoever you're with, I know it might feel awkward, don't run away, don't turn it off, don't run to the kitchen. Here's the question, just take a minute and reflect on this question. On the issue of sex and sexuality, how do you decide what's okay and not okay? Whose voice carries the most authority in how you think and behave and why? God bless you. Hey, Ocean Hills. I hope you survived that uh, minute of conversation. You know, hard conversations, uh, they're part of what makes life rich and worth living, going there, talking about things that are challenging. So I honor you if you took a, a moment to just wrestle in that and stay in that. Thank you for doing that. Hey, as we wrap up this morning, I, uh, on your screen there's a giving button and that's your opportunity to support the ministry of Ocean Hills. I think most of you know that this is a ministry 100% supported by the generosity of people just like you. We don't have a grant, we're not on some scholarship, it's, it's the generosity and sacrifice of uh, the people that are part of the Ocean Hills family and so thank you for giving. We hope that you'll continue to give, we're in a healthy place. We have one more month in our fiscal year and we're really doing great. But help us finish the fiscal year strong, the month of June. I hope that you'll continue to support us. And I'm gonna send you off now. We have a a little video from our protege program. And uh, we wrapped up the proteges and they wanted to say thank you and share what they learned. It's just a little 90 second, two minute video. Enjoy this.
4: Hi Ocean Hills, it's DJ. And I'm not asking you to take a minute today. (laughs) I'm actually here to say Thank you for an incredible year at the protege program. I've had the pleasure of directing this program for the past couple of years, and we thought a great way to end it this year might just to be to share some reflections with y'all.
0: Hi, my name is Amanda Keller. Um, One of my favorite memories this year was the contemplative retreat because it taught me a lot about rest and stillness. Um, I learned this year the importance of taking a Sabbath and how important that is for my relationship with
4: the Lord. Um, So this year, I learned a lot about slowing down. Hello Ocean Hills, my name is Liam, and this year I learned about freedom and sacrifice. The ability to choose and act for myself and for the sake of being free has always been a huge part of my life, but the ability to discern and bring in discipline in my life to show me how sacrifice brings true freedom. To either do it for others, myself, or even just for God, just hearing him and saying, Liam, this is how I call you. That's how I've learned this year, and I'm excited for what I have next in my life.
0: Hey Ocean Hills, my name is Amber Natoli, and a lesson that I learned this year was definitely in discipline in long-term obedience in the same direction, and how that really gives Jesus a path to use us, and um, use us consistently when we show up consistently. One of my favorite disciplines that we did in the house was making dinner once a week for the rest of the housemates. Those memories I will take with me forever, and I am so grateful.
4: Hi Ocean Hills, my name is Jacob Grant, and I just wanna express my thanks for the last two years, getting to learn about myself, to put it into practice, and to see God work firsthand through the college ministry nights right here in the garage, in the house, learning about service and sacrifice and love and prioritizing each other daily. And then in the church, which we can no longer meet at, but is right over there, learning about what family means, what commitment means, what showing up even when you don't want to means. Um, For all that and more, it's kind of launched me into the rest of my life, and I'm super thankful. So there you have it, four protégés, Amber, Amanda, Jacob, and Liam, who've all had the opportunity this year to do something maybe they'll never get to do again, to live in community, to serve the church, to learn about themselves. And we wanna thank you, Ocean Hills, for making that possible. And I also want to say thank you and take this moment to say thank you to the protégés who put in a lot of hard work for the church this year, who wrote you notes, who kept you company, who made phone calls, who helped clean the database. And I wanna say uh, that this is a very unique family to make all of this happen. So thank you, thank you so much. God bless you and God bless the protégés as they go from here. Bye, Ocean Hills.
3: God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. God is greater than you think. think. Hope to to see 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 you soon.
0: Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.